Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And uh, good morning, one and all. This is Dirt Radio. I'm John. Dirt Radio, of course, sponsored by Friends of the Earth Melbourne. And you can check them out at foe.org.au. Big thanks to Yarra Bug once again. If I had an option of giving this particular edition of Dirt Radio a title, I'd be calling it Building from the Ground Up. I'll tell you why. These are momentous and rather perilous times we're living through, and I think everybody thinks this as well. And we're all thinking, what are we going to do about it? Well, one of the things I think we need to start doing is rebuilding and reinventing. Business as usual, I don't think works anymore, and lots and lots and lots of people feel the same way. Business as usual is dysfunctional, it's moribund, it's kaput. So today on Dirt Radio, we're going to be talking about building from the ground up. And first up, a new kind of sustainable building technique, which is just being introduced into Australia. And of course, it starts from the ground up. Then we're going to be talking about a campaign and campaign building. And we're also going to talk about picnics. And if you're like me, a picnic means eating, talking and imbibing from the ground up. Hi, I'm Stuart. Hi, I'm Marita. We are the Orb Weavers, and you're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital radio. And streaming at 3cr.org.au. Hayden Annabelle runs a small natural building company called Curvature that specializes in building homes and spaces using something called earth bag technology. He's about to start building a the very first earth bag technology home in Australia and he wants to invite people to come along to participate in the build and most importantly to learn about the versatility, the low cost and the simplicity of this innovative type of construction. Good morning, Hayden. Thanks for being with Dirt Radio. Good morning, John. Thanks so much for having me. It's a, it's a real honor and super exciting. Oh, it's a pleasure. And uh, look, the things you build are called super adobes. And I thought we might start by asking you to explain what a super adobe is and to give us a visual impression of what these structures look like. Yeah, no worries. Well, Super Adobe is uh, a specific earth bag building technique. So um, I'm a natural builder, uh, which is pretty much a builder that um, builds anything with predominantly natural materials and um, pushes sustainability. And Super Adobe is a division of uh, the natural building bubble. Um, So Super Adobe is very long uh, woven polypropylene sacks, which are normally used for um, storing grain or rice or anything like that. Uh, and you fill it with earth, and um, Super Adobe specifically is a long, uncut polypropylene sack. So it ends up being a really long sausage of earth. 
you then flatten it with a tamper so that it becomes compressed um, and relatively flat. And then you weave um, a, either one or two strands of barbed wire on top of that bag and then you lay another bag on top of it. And you just keep on building up. So it's kind of like 3D printing if you're um, aware of how that's done. Or it's pretty much just a lot of long sausages of earth or uh, put on top of each other and uh, and flattened down. Uh, you can build any any type of form with it. You can build rectangular or um, more standard uh, conventional straight lines with it or um, its real strength lies in curves. And so if you build a curved wall with it or a curved building with it, uh, it exponentially makes it so much stronger and, um, in my eyes, quite a lot more beautiful as well. And uh, I had a look at your website, and by the way, we'll put put your details on our radio webpage. But uh, when I looked at it, the, 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 the structures that I saw looked, now you can tell my Canadian accent, they looked like... To me, like the Inuit igloos yep. in, in the Arctic. Is, is, Definitely. Is, is that the way you would describe them? Definitely. There, there, there's, there's so many uh, first impressions that people get. Dirt igloos is definitely a big one. The, uh, the city from, um, uh, from Star Wars is definitely one as well, the one out in the desert. I'm not a Star Wars fan, but, uh, yeah, that one. There's just so many. So specifically the, um, the domes themselves uh, a very specific um, geometry and type of architecture. The actual arch that, that they follow is called a lancet arch, um, popularised a lot by um, Gothic churches. And specifically, that uh, geometry makes it one of the strongest forms that you can build in architecture. So these very simple domes actually end up becoming one of the strongest cheapest um, buildings that you can build. So yeah, definitely Super Adobe is relatively synonymous with that form of the dome. Uh, but as I said, you can build any type of building with it. And um, that's definitely what, what we're doing with our ma- major project. And you can b- make buildings which are various sizes. I mean, igloo, I, I guess the idea is, of course, you don't want to be stooping down to to crawl into your, your yeah. igloo. But uh <laughs> The, these are quite large. You can make a quite a big structure out of it. Absolutely, absolutely. The major project that I'm here to, to chat about as well is 27 meters from one side to the other, and it's a full size family home. So there's no limit to the the things you can build with this. Okay, we'll come back to that. But uh, I wanted to ask you in in terms of say a, the global um, reach of of the Super Adobe structure. Where would you where do you find these things? Not necessarily in Australia, but elsewhere. Mm, all over the world, really. Um, all over, um, as I said, it's so strong and so cheap. Uh, so it's really taken off, um, taken off in um, the third world or places where um, finances is an issue. Uh, a lot of people choose to build with it because it's so strong and cheap. Um, but it really is. There's pockets all over the world, and Australia is. Um, it's just getting on board with it, and um, our project is the the first um, legally approved one in Australia. So we are coming uh, a little bit late to the party, but I'm, I'm glad that we're. The web that we're finally getting onto it. And you have been commissioned to build this Super Adobe on a property in Gippsland. Yep. And you said the structure, you've mentioned the size of the structure. And how will it function? You said it's going to be a family home. So is it divided? Just to give me, uh, I haven't really got a sense of it. Is it going to be divided into rooms? Is it going to have a mm. kitchen? Is it is it yep. going to have a bathroom? Yeah. How does it work? One of the biggest misconceptions is because it's such a simple technology and it's building with the earth, 
uh, a lot of people have this confusion that it has to be incredibly simple. The living, uh, the living interior, and uh, and all of its um, utilities and things like that. But it's just not true at all. It's exactly the same as a normal family home. It's just built. The walls are built out of something different. So, uh, pretty much the simplest way to describe it is um, it's like a large donut. Um, there's a um, a space in the middle, which is an open courtyard, and the uh, the roof and the walls um, go round as the as the kind of donut shape, and there's spokes uh, like spokes on a wheel of straight walls that divide all of the um, all of the house into kind of wedges of rooms. So there's three bedrooms, two bathrooms, a study, uh, kitchen, wow. pantry. Um, it's really large. As I said, it's about 27 meters from one side to the other. So it's a full size family home. There's nothing. Uh, wow. There's nothing uh, simple about about it aside from the the technology that we're using to build it and um is it going to have that igloo uh, sort of round round dome shaped no nah, no this one's um this one's I think actually a really good middle ground between a conventional home and the dirt igloos that I that I build uh, on people's properties as well. It's a really good middle ground. It is a roundhouse, so it's um, circular, and uh, it's but it has a conventional roof, so the walls are just straight. They come up straight, uh, and the external walls are two point one meters, and the internal are three point one. So it's a slant. Uh, it's a slanted roof slanting outwards, um, just totally conventional color bond roof. So oh, okay. aside from if you can get your head around the the, the round shape of it, it's a lot more similar to a traditional yes, home. Yes, So hopefully it'll make sense to a lot more people. Right. No, look, it is, it's certainly making more, much more sense to me because I, I have look, been looking at your website and I'm mm. thinking, gosh, I wonder where they're going to put the bathroom or, you know, <laughs> I know, I know. where are they going to stick the broom closet, you know, whatever is sort of Definitely. part of the house. Definitely. And, uh, you know, if you have kids and whatever, but it's certainly sounding much more. And the the advantage of this, I mean, it's a very, you're saying it's a very strong structure, but it's incredibly inexpensive. Is that mm. is that part yeah. of what, what's involved? The other thing, a question that I wanted to ask about is, you're saying this is the first one in Australia, is that right? It's being built. How difficult was it to get the permits and the permissions? Well, um, it, it is. It's actually the second building in Australia that's ever been built out of this and has been legally approved. The first one was in um, a northern suburb of Adelaide in South Australia. Um, and that one was a small kind of granny flat at the back, more traditionally a single um, a single dome with a small study attached to it as well. So um, that was uh, done by Jeremy Millington of uh, One to One Construction in Adelaide, and um, they uh, did that really really well. But that that was a single small room. So this is the first family sized home and the first. Uh, the first home that's really comparable to a traditional family home here in Australia, and it is actually specifically the first roundhouse. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Now, this is an important part of what, what we wanted to talk about. Your approach and, and the philosophy, as I understand it, of curvature is to get the community involved in the building process, and you're going to be holding a number of workshops or some workshops around the construction of this particular unique home. Tell us about the workshops and how can people get involved? Definitely. A huge misconception and a misread of my company. It's actually Curvitecture. But there you go. It's Curvitecture. And uh, yeah, it's because oh. it's curvy architecture. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. And your intro was just absolutely perfect to, uh, to what we're trying to do. Yes, we're building a building. But the, the biggest... Um, 
at least 50% of the impetus for me and, and excitement of it for me is the fact that we build um, a new way to build buildings. As you said, the all pretty much all systems here in Australia and some around the Western world are failing and we need to find new ways to do things. And that's especially true, I think, in the construction industry. Things are built um, too quickly. Uh, they're built too cheaply. Uh, well, cheaply in the wrong way, mm-hmm. um, and they're built by uh, they're built with a real divide between the owners and the builders. Um, there's there's not always a, um, clear communication or even just a, an understanding between the two. So um, what we're doing is running uh, community based workshops that any member of the public, no matter what your age, skill, um, or path in life is and you can come and uh, learn this technology specifically but we also bundle in a heap of different off-grid skills um, sustainable living just how to live more in tune with yourself and and more in tune with the world so um, yeah we we build these pop-up communities our first one runs from the 7th of january to the 27th of january 2017 and um, it's this pop-up community of about 25 people that all get together, all camp, we all eat um, locally sourced organic meals and uh, yeah, we just have the best time building this, you know, really amazing uh, building that's completely different than anyone's ever seen really. And lear- and learning to do it as well. Definitely. You can leave uh, at the end of the three weeks, you can come for a shorter period of time as well, but you can leave and really confidently uh, have the knowledge and skills to be able to build your own. Like I, uh, I can definitely say that because I've had students go and do it. So yeah, it's really liberating, really empowering, and and really fun. Like it's just something completely different from your normal life. You know, it's a real holiday wow. away from life, but you also get you know you, you get closer to to yourself. And this really. is in East Gippsland. And tell us with the details of people listening and other people that want to get involved. Where can they go? Give us, give us definitely. Your well, uh, the website is curvitecture.com and uh, you can also find us on Facebook, which is the Willow End Roundhouse, uh, which is the name of the project specifically. Or you can find my business, Curvitecture, on uh, on the website as well. You said we might um, pin a couple links uh, on your blog, so we'll do that as well. Excellent. Look, thanks so much for coming in, Hayden Annabelle, and he builds. Super adobes out of uh, earth and uh, all kinds of interesting things happening in Gippsland. Go to the website and they'll be on the uh, on the Dirt Radio website as well. Thanks for coming in, and, uh, Hayden, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, John. Really enjoyed it. Workers of the world unite. In this climate of divide and conquer, it's time for us to take to the streets and defend multiculturalism and diversity. Victoria Trades Hall and a coalition of trade unions are organising a global street party and you're invited. Saturday the 10th of December. Rallying at the State Library at 12pm, then marching to Trades Hall for a street party on Ligon Street. There'll be bands, rides for the kids, music and tonnes of food. There'll also be some political forums about race, racism and how to fight back. This event is brought to you by Trades Hall, NTEU, the ETU, the AMIEU, the AMWU, the CWU, the ASU, Geelong Trades Hall, Ballarat Trades Hall and Australia Asia Worker Links. Workers of the world are united and will never be defeated. For more information, contact Matt Kunkel on 0405 748 242. Global Street Party, Saturday the 10th of December. State Library at 12pm. A 3CR supporter.
You're back with Dirt Radio, and uh, we're having a bit of a chat about building from the ground up. That's, I guess we could say, the theme of our show today. Now, despite the gloom and doom surrounding us, 2016 was a big year for Friends of the Earth Melbourne. After a long, hard-fought campaign here in Victoria, the state government came to the table with very substantial renewable energy targets, and recently a ban on unconventional mining was announced. M. Geyer works with the Yes to Renewables campaign, and she's here to tell us about a picnic, but a picnic with a purpose, which happens next Saturday. Good morning, M. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Joan. And look, I just wanted to start with a bit of background to kind of fill us mm-hmm. in. There's My understanding is that there have been some wins in 2016, but there's two big policy developments happening that are coming up. Tell us about these, and this is related to the uh, the picnic that you're having. Yeah, so um, in terms of what Friends of the Earth has been doing over the last few years, you know, we've been um, working particularly in the renewable energy space and in the unconventional gas space through Quick Coal and Yes to Renewables, and Coming this year, we've ended out with two really great wins from both of those campaigns, um, and they've been really successful. So it's kind of been these different cogs that, you know, renewable energy, unconventional gas, you know, they're related to climate change, but not specifically about the policies that are affecting climate change themselves. So while the state government has put a few good wins for us on the table and some really um, important policies for um, protecting climate, there's still some specific things around climate change that need to be addressed. So um, in Victoria, we've got the rebuilding of the Climate Change Act um, and the draft coal policy. So, you know, with Hazelwood being closed, we've had a bit of a plan announced for the Latrobe Valley, but in terms of the general statewide transition from coal, we're still waiting to hear on what that will be. Um, and that's going to be really important in the next in the coming years just to figure out what's actually going to be happening with our energy mm-hmm. um, and for climate you know that's that's really important right and look my understanding is that uh, the um, the the coal issue is that the government is about to announce something to do with their future policy to do with coal coming up and that's part of what what you're concerned about. Mm, yeah, and it's, um, you know, like all things with Friends of the Earth, you know, making sure that um, the government's accountable um, and that their plans that they announce are with the best interests of the community at heart. You know, um, around the closure of Hazelwood, we've been supporting Earthworker and Voices of the Valley in the Latrobe Valley um, just to make sure that their voices are heard in ensuring that the government doesn't leave behind workers and the community in those areas. And the other side of this, uh, again, my understanding of it is, as you mentioned, is that when the coalition was in before the Labor Party that's on now, when they came in, there was something called the Climate Change Act. And they basically tore this up, which has to do with the emissions and mm. how, how, many, how much emissions get uh, recorded and, and uh, tracked and so on in the state. And that's they're having a review of that as well. Yeah, and so, you know, in terms of what, what's already been set 
the different policies that the state government have already committed to, looking to the Climate Change Act, you know, we're asking and hoping that they will commit to some deep emissions reduction targets on that because, you know, that's in line with other decisions that they've already made and that's going to be important in uh, making sure that Victoria is, you know, doing our bit for climate change as well. The other thing is, on the other side of this is that people say that, or I've heard people say, well, this is really a federal thing and it's it's actually not. And something that I, I was reading about is s- smaller jurisdictions, that is states or provinces in Canada or in the case of s- places like Scotland, there can be things that can be done at those levels. You don't have to necessarily rely on the federal government. Yeah, and that's something that we're seeing a lot in the renewable space at the moment particularly um, is that, you know, in general, for renewable energy, there has just been inaction on a federal level, and that's led to state governments stepping up um, and setting their own renewable energy targets. So I think about five different state state or territory governments now have their own renewable energy targets, uh, and that's what's driving a lot of uh, really good progress in the renewable space right now. And uh, let's turn to the picnic because yep. that's why part of what you want to, we want to talk about. What is this? Am I, am I right? It's going to be a picnic and where is it? Yeah, so it's going to be a picnic. Um, <clears throat> as I was saying before, you know, we've been working at Friends of the Earth in renewables and unconventional gas and both of those issues are, have been centred in more regional areas. Um, and so it's been a while since we connected with our uh, more city-based supporters. So... With this new climate change um, kind of pressure and campaigning that we're going to be doing, we want to re-engage with our supporters, especially in the inner north. Um, and just the picnic, it's it's a first sort of meet and greet, um, just a connection with our, with our supporters or people who might be interested in climate change and just a way to have a really relaxed chat and just to get people, just get to people talking about climate change. And where is it and when? Yeah, so the picnic is taking place next Sunday. Um, it's at All Nations Park in, in Northcote. That's just down the road from Northcote Plaza on Separation Street. Um, it's running from 10 till 11.30. And, yeah, we'll have, you know, if you wander down, we'll have a Friends of the Earth sign up and there'll be just, you know, some people sitting and having some chats, some casual chats about climate change. And, yeah, I think it'll be a really nice, uh, a really nice Sunday Sunday morning. Um, yeah, and then from there, we've got plans to have a few more community meetings after that. So if you come down and you find that you want to you want to do more, there'll be you know more meetings or different mm-hmm. actions to get involved with from there. And this this follows on there. There have been a number of uh, community forums through throughout the suburbs, a number of suburbs, including Frankston. Mm. I, I'm sure you, you've attended some of these and been involved in organising them, and they were very interesting. I went to one myself, and that, they yeah. were very interesting to to get people along and and t- talking and asking questions and stuff. The thing that I wanted to ask about and maybe this is this is a bigger conversation, but my understanding is that the northern suburbs, Northcote and places like that are actually changing. They're they're turning green so to speak. But during the 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 state election there was this thing called the Bell Street line. Right. Do, you, do you know about this that that north of Bell Street there's much less sort of progressive mm. um people less progressive I suppose in thinking about environment stuff. Is there are there any plans to to go further up, further afield? Yeah, I mean 
I guess right now for us it's just like engaging in that specific space. But it is an interesting change, I think, to demographics in the inner north, you know, with um, different people moving in and out of those suburbs. And we have seen a shift, I mean, at least even at the last federal election, a shift towards green um, in that sort of Northcote, Brunswick, um, mm. sort of even going into Preston slightly now too. So, um, you know, yeah, it's it's a changing changing area and, and we'll see how it goes for us, I think. I think it's... I think it's very – I don't want to talk – politics is – but we have to. We have to. <laughs> and really, the, I think the Labor Party won that, that seat, but, but, but very – you know, it was not, not a big win. And I, mm. I think there is, there is potential, huge potential for, for change. I think this, this event that you're having and the campaign that you're talking about, I think should have a – you know, it, it, it's, it's ripe – Mm. my way of thinking about it yeah and you know there's some groups already in in um the darabin area like um decan and they're they're doing really great stuff um a lot of engagement with the council and you know so for us it's connecting with people that we already know and trying to build that grassroots movement that friends of the earth does um in those areas and connect with people who might not necessarily know about climate change just yet but are concerned in some way and i think that's you know that's Mm. a it's a broad it's a broad cross-section of the population these yeah. days. And I like the idea that what you're saying about how the campaigns, there's been the, the coal seam gas campaign and there's been the renewables campaign, but really a, an overarching uh, umbrella, so to speak, is is really the climate mm. crisis. And I think that's absolutely important for people to know about. Yeah, definitely. Look, I want to thank you very much. Give us the details about where people can go for... Um, for finding out about the picnic on Sunday, is it? Yeah, so Sunday, uh, ten thirty till oh sorry, ten till eleven thirty at the All Nations Park. Um, that's in Northcote. And if you want to find out more about it, you can go on our Facebook page. That's Friends of the Earth Australia, or you can find us on Twitter, F O E Australia. Um, or on our website as well. I can't remember the specific um, URL. We'll put it down. Yeah, yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah, there's an RSVP we'll get, page as well on the website. Right. So We'll put all those details on the Dirt Radio page as well so people can definitely get on to it. Yeah. Em, thanks very, very much for coming in today. And uh, I've been talking with Em Gafer, and she's a campaigner with Yes to Renewables, and she's one of the people helping to organize the next stage of the climate campaign in the inner north, and it's all happening at a picnic starting on uh, Sunday, December the 4th, relaxed, as she said, and it starts at what time? It starts at 10. 10 yep. and uh, rolls through the day. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks, John. And, uh, well, we're just about out of time. This has been Dirt Radio.